0: Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Acts chapter 2. We're going to start there today. Got a good word for you this morning. So if you've been here on Sundays, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit And uh, one of the passages we read recently really stood out to me. And so I'm going to read it again today about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. But I'm not going to necessarily go the direction you think I'm going to go. All right? But you're going to stay with me, right? Okay. So let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 17. It says, In the last days God says... He's talking about the time and day we live today. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. So today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is faith to see faith to see now this passage jumped out at me the past few weeks we've been talking about the holy spirit and what he wants to do in our lives and we talked about how one of the things that the holy spirit does is when he comes into our lives he gives us dreams and visions gives us dreams and visions now now i know that there's a there's a very spiritual version of that that some people see angels like my dad and other people that that see things into the spirit realm, they can see angels, they can see demons and and God can give them prophetic dreams and prophetic visions. I believe in all that. now, I personally don't get a lot of those. like I said, I usually get not super great dreams. I mentioned a recurring dream I have at nighttime. It's not a nightmare, but it's close to it. It's like I'm at harvest homecoming. Remember that? And I run into everybody I didn't want to see ever again because that's who you're going to run into at Harvest Homecoming if you go, right? If you're going to go to, you know, Harvest or Thunder, realize you're going to see every person you never wanted to talk to again. You're going to have to talk to them. So why did you go in the first place? So, so this is a reoccurring dream I have. It's not a prophetic dream. Hopefully not. Um, and, and I have this recurring dream, and then the person comes up to me, I don't want to talk to, and they're like, hey, aren't you a pastor? And as soon as they say that, you're obligated to talk to them, because you're supposed to be friendly, because you're a pastor. And immediately I say, no, I'm not, and then I wake up from the dream. I just work at Coffee Crossing. I'm not a pastor. I don't know what you're talking about, man. So anyways, I believe in those types of things, but I'm going to take dreams and visions a different direction today that is still as supernatural as those, those things I talked about that, that I would say more spiritual people have because I believe God's not going to give dreams and visions to unspiritual people because they're going to run off a ditch and do something crazy with it. So, so I believe that usually things like that are given to more spiritually mature people. Right. Thus, your pastor doesn't have any. Whatever you want to say, I'm just, I'm joking, but I want to take dreams and visions a different direction today. And like I mentioned a few weeks ago that the Holy spirit, when he comes into your life, he wants to show you things about your future and he puts dreams and visions in your heart because he wants that to come to pass in the future. He'll put a vision of what your life should look like or what your marriage should look like or what your kids should look like or, or the, the career you're going to have or financially or spiritually or mentally. And God will show you visions and dreams by the Spirit of God for your future. There's a reason for that because you have to have something for your faith to target. Now, hear me this morning. We're a faith church here at Church on the Rock. We're, we believe in faith. And we're faith people here. And we need to understand that visions and dreams are a part of our faith walk. Because so many people say they're a faith person. But if you said, what do you believe in God for? They would say, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Guess what? Then you're going to get, I don't know. Wow. Yes, right. Most people. Faith people don't really have a clear target or clear direction on where their life is supposed to go because God has not given them dreams and visions. Or shall I say, we haven't got alone with God long enough for him to give us a dream and vision so then we can have a target for our faith. Now, it's so important today because you got to realize if you're going to have the life that God has created you to have and fulfill God's perfect will for your life... It's going to take faith to accomplish that. We, we get into all the promises of God by faith. We receive everything God has for us by faith. We, 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 we get into God's perfect will by faith. We do what God has called us to do by faith. But if our faith doesn't have a target, we're never going to accomplish what God has for us. And I would say, as believers, a lot of believers say they're faith people, but they can't give you a clear direction or target where they're shooting at. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah, right. You could say you're a faith person the rest of your life, but your faith has to have something to look at. Your faith has to have a direction. Your faith has to have a goal and a target for God to accomplish His will in your life. Your faith has to have something to work with, and a lot of times we lack that, and then we wonder why God's not doing it. You're like, well, I'm believing God, but for what? Have you spent enough time with God to let him give you a vision and a dream for your life? And that only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the good news is, if you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit, So he's waiting and ready to help you have a vision and dream for your life. Are you with me so far today? Now, before I go any further, I just want to say, before I get into this, you're going to say, well, some of this sounds like leadership business talk and, you know, we're in church. We're not in a leadership business conference. But listen to me. There's a reason that business leadership principles work. Because they jacked them from the Bible. (laughs) There's a reason that when, when you go to a business leadership seminar and they talk about your words. They talk about your thinking. They talk about having a vision and a dream. Why does it work even for unbelievers? Because it's a biblical principle in God's word. But let me say this. How much more for those who believe? How much more for those who have the Holy Spirit living in them that if we do what God has told us to do through his word pertaining to visions and dreams, how much more will God help those things come to pass in our life? But we have to have a vision and a dream for God to work in our life and our faith has something to hold on to, has something to grab and take hold of. Let's read it again in Acts 2, 17. It says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Notice that your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Today, specifically, I want to focus on vision And next week, we want to talk about dreams. But let me just say this before we go any further. I just want to tell you a little distinction that I wrote down earlier in this week. And I felt like that God gave me this. So what is the difference between a vision and a dream? They, They kind of go together, but they're also different at the same time. This is what I wrote down. Vision is God giving you direction for today. But a dream is God giving you hope for tomorrow. And you need both. Yes, sir. Once again, vision is God giving you direction for today. Yes. But a dream is God giving you hope for tomorrow. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. Now, I didn't read this in any commentary. This is what I just feel like that God gave me. It says, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Now, why does he say your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams? Because young people have a problem with doing stuff today. They have a problem with needing direction for today. They're all in dream world, right? They're daydreamers. They have big dreams, big aspirations. And God's giving young people vision because that's direction for today because that's what they need. But then he says your old people will dream dreams. What's the problem with older people? They don't dream anymore. They're good at the day-to-day vision. You know, I got direction. I know what I'm doing. But a lot of older people stop dreaming and having hope for tomorrow. So he said, I'm going to give the older people dreams, hope for tomorrow. Now, I believe today, I'm about to be 35 in a couple weeks from now, that I need both of these. I need visions and dreams, and I believe all of you in here need them too. But he's saying here, a lot of times young people, what do they need? They need a vision. They need direction for today. And older people, they need hope for tomorrow. They need a dream. The good news is God wants to do both. And he does it through his spirit. And I believe in the next few weeks we're going to talk about visions and dreams that God wants to put in new visions and dreams by the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your mind, if you're listening, so you can accomplish God's will for your life. So your faith can have something to hold on to. Your faith can have something to grab. Your faith can have a target to shoot at, which is visions, and dreams. You still here? Okay. Let's turn to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Notice that where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is so important. Here's some definitions I wrote down about vision. Vision is the ability to see. Vision is to be able to think and plan with divine imagination. Some translations call vision, and we're going to read those in a moment in this passage, that vision could also be said as revelation and divine guidance. Let me repeat those real quick, and I know i got to teach you before I preach to you today. Vision is the ability to see, to think, and plan with divine imagination. Also, vision is God's revelation to you and divine guidance. That's what vision is. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is so crucial for your life. Without a vision, the church perishes. Without a vision for your health, your health perishes. Without a vision, your mind, your body, your relationships, your career, your future, it perishes. Without a vision, the people perish. Vision is so important for your life. Most people are like, why is my life the way it is? Well, there is no vision. And if there is no vision for your future, there's nothing for your faith to take hold of. So guess what? Your life's not changing if there is no vision. Because your faith needs vision. So it has a target to reach. Now... Helen Keller said this about vision. Now, she was born blind, but she said this. The only thing worse than being born blind is having sight but having no vision. The only thing worse than being born blind is having sight but no vision. And a lot of people are in that category. The sad thing is believers in churches that that know the God of the universe Have no vision. How sad. How small-minded are we that we're not allowing God, the God of the impossible, the God of all creation, the God of the universe, to let his vision and dreams get into our heart that he can do a great work in our life because our faith has something to work with. Vision is so important. Here's another way to say it. Sight is seen with your eyes open, but vision is seen with your eyes closed. Now, now here's the question. Now, how do you see with your eyes closed? Well, it's not talking about these eyes on the outside. It's talking about your heart. Seeing with your heart, the real you. Seeing with your spirit, the real you. Seeing with eyes of faith. And there's things that God can show you in your heart that you don't see out here. But it has to get on your inside first. Come on now, somebody, before it gets on the outside that's what vision is you God will give you a picture of what your future can look like and you don't see it with these two eyes but you see it with the eyes of your heart you see it with the eyes of your spirit you see it with the eyes of faith that's vision and when God puts that in your heart it's where your faith is to be directed because he wants that to be accomplished in your life And vision is contrary to sometimes what you see with these eyes. Because what God has for you is bigger than what you can just see in the natural realm. It's bigger than what you can feel with your natural senses. It's bigger than the circumstances you were born into. It's bigger from the subdivision you were raised in. It's bigger from the school that you went to. Visions are bigger than any of those things or the part of the country you were born at. God wants to put something in your heart, and vision is the ability to see it, not with these eyes, but the eyes of your heart. And God wants to do that, but how does he do it? Acts 2.17, the Spirit of God will put visions and dreams in your heart. Are you following me this morning? So sight is seen with your eyes open, but vision is seen with your eyes closed. How can you see with your eyes closed? You see it by faith. You got to see it in your heart. God has revealed it to you and then now you can see it. Do you know what that word is in the Bible? When, when people have an experience like that, when, when God turns the light on and now they can see it, it's called Revelation called revelation and look what it says in proverbs twenty nine eighteen in the new king james this is actually how it translates it where there is no revelation it's another word for vision that's when god shows you what you couldn't see before he shows you a vision that you can't see with these natural eyes when god does that notice where there is no revelation the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Let's look at it in the New Living Translation. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. When when God reveals something to you that you can't see with these eyes, that's vision. Vision. The Bible would call revelation or divine guidance. He gives to you, not in here, but in your heart, in your spirit, by faith. And God wants to do that in all of you in here. If you're born again and you know the spirit of God, he lives in you. He wants to give you that type of vision for not just one area of your life, but every area of your life if you let him. And we all say we want God's will. We all say we want the life that God has for us. We all want what the word says that we can have. Well, it won't happen unless your faith has a vision to target. Has a vision to grab onto and pull it into reality. Are you getting something this morning? But it's interesting that it says in those passages where there is no vision, people cast off restraint and run wild. You know that's why people sin? There's the answer. No vision. Why do people live a crazy life even though it's self-destructing and it's it's horrible, it's hurting themselves, it's hurting other people? Why did they do that? No vision. Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, people say, "What's the point?" That's why people live the way they live and do what they do. And if we understood that about other people, we would have more compassion on them. They're not just doing this to do this. They're doing this because they don't see what God could do in their life. They're living this crazy lifestyle because they can't see a way out of their problems. They're they're habitually hurting themselves and and doing these things to themselves, not because they're just evil and sinful, because they can't see what God's will is for them. And here's the answer. If we, even as believers, drift back into that, there's some place that we have lost sight of what God wants to do in our life. When you got a clear vision from God of what you're called to do, of what he's doing in your life, and you can really see it, sin is not a big deal anymore. Because you don't even want to touch it. You don't even want to mess with it because the vision is so much more attractive. is so much more appealing. is so much more that you can never ask for. Sin is so lame and dumb and foolish. But if you don't have a vision looks great. Yeah, right. Why? Because what's the point anyways? Like I say party to today because we'll die tomorrow. Who cares anyways? I'll do what I want today because who cares what, you know, I'm not doing anything tomorrow anyways. I got no vision. I'm just playing video games in my parents' basement. I got no vision. I don't have any you know, future that, that I've seen. I, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to smoke when I want to smoke. I'm going to drink when I want to drink. I'm going to sleep with who I want to sleep with. I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to do. Why? Because you got no vision. But here's the good news today. You don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to live another day that way. Why? Because God wants to give you a vision of your future, of your life, in every area. Not just your church life, but your health, and your mind, and your body, and your relationships, and your career, and your finances. God has a vision for all those things if you just allow him To show you what he has for you. So you can see it. But you got to see it before you can ever have it. You with me today? Let's look at what it says in the message. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Look at this. Great. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But here's the good news. But when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. Man, so many people live in that way every day. Christians and non-Christians alike. They can't see what God's doing, sir. I'll get a job here. 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 Uh, I'm going to do this degree. No, I'm going to do this degree. No, I'm going to. I'm going to move to this neighborhood. I'm going to move to this neighborhood. Oh, and then that'll make me happy. Then I'll do this. I'll get in this relationship, in this relationship, in this, because you got no vision. Where there is no vision, if people can't see what God is doing, they're stumbling all over themselves. You got to allow God to give you a clear vision. Now, how does he do that? When God's spirit is poured out, I will give them visions and dreams, visions and dreams. You with me today? Still talking about faith to see. i got three things I want to share with you the rest of this time about vision. The first thing is you have to see it. You have to see it. That's what we've been talking about so far. Vision is the ability to see. Not with these eyes, that's sight. Vision is how you see by your heart or your spirit. Something that God reveals to you by his spirit. But we have to get it inside before we get it outside. I, I love this many, many years ago when Pastor Scott Webb came to our church. He said this about prosperity. Many people don't see prosperity because they don't see prosperity. Did you get that? What' is he saying? They got no vision or picture of what prosperity looks like inside, so they never see it on the outside. If it's true for that, it's true for every other area of your life. You have to see what God is revealing to you by vision before you see it on the outside. Your faith has to have a target of what that looks like so it can hold on to it. You have to see it. The first thing about vision is you have to see it. Now, you don't have to see it with these eyes. You have to see it with the eyes of your heart. Let's look at a passage here in Ephesians 1, 17 through 18 in the Amplified. This is the Apostle Paul praying this prayer to the Ephesians. Notice what he says. I also pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's when God lets you see. That gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him, for we know the Father through the Son. Notice this. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart, not these eyes, but the eyes of your heart. This is Paul praying to this church. The eyes of your heart. Notice what the Amplified says about it. The very center and core of your being may be enlightened. That means you would know and flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation expectation to which he has called you. The riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. Let's bring back the, Verse right there, yes. Notice Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, that's where vision is. The very center and core of your being may be enlightened and flooded with light by the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens when the light comes on? You can see. And Paul praises to the Ephesians, and I and I really feel strongly today that all of us in here need to start praying these prayers. If you're like, Well, I can't see anything, Pastor. I have no vision, no dream for my life. I don't know what God wants to do. Well, here's a good prayer to pray. Paul prays that the eyes of your heart, the real you, the spirit you on the inside. He prays that they would be flooded with light, that you would see what God is doing by the Holy Spirit. And you can pray that prayer every day of your life. That's, that's a prayer in the New Testament written to a church like us. And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, not these eyes, would be enlightened, that you would know. That you could see it now. That you, you couldn't see it before this. But God turned the light on. And now you can see the vision that God has for you. You can see it now. But you have to see it before the vision comes to pass. You have to see it first inside before you see it outside. And Paul says, I pray to this church that they would see it with the eyes of their heart, all that God has called them to and all that God has for them. And I pray that for you guys, but you need to pray it over yourself. And here's the answer. God will answer you if you pray this prayer. And might not all come in one day in one prayer time, but it will come. Most of the time it comes little by little. God will give you a picture of this. God will give you a picture of that. God will give you a picture of your family. God will give you a picture of your finances. God will give you a picture of your relationship. God will give you a picture of your health. And when he starts giving you those visions, that is God bringing light to the eyes of your heart that you can see. The Amplify says that it will be flooded with light by the Spirit. So the Bible calls revelation, vision. You follow me this morning. But you got to see it inside before you see it outside. Now, really, this message today about vision is not necessarily just about vision. It's really about faith. That's why I titled it Faith to See. Because your faith has to see it first inside before you see it outside. Your faith has to have a target to grab onto. Your faith has to have a place in a direction it's headed for God to be able to do something in your life. Oral Roberts said this, who of course founded Oral Roberts University and was a great healing evangelist. He said this, if you can see the invisible, God can do the impossible. But you got to see it. But how do, you, how do you start seeing it? First of all, you got to pray. Spend time with God. Pray these prayers. God, let the eyes of my heart be flooded with light that I could see what you called me to. That I could see a bigger vision for my life than I ever did before. And, and not just in one area. Don't narrow it down to your spiritual life. God is the God of all of your life. There shouldn't be compartments in your life. It should all be just you. God wants to do something in every area of your life, but you got to see it first. That's vision. But you got to see it. Now, now some of this because uh, a lot of the new age world has tried to take these terms and make them their own. So so don't don't try to glump me in with all these new agers about manifesting. The universe Okay, listen, there's a God in heaven who created the universe. Now, that's who you're talking to. It's not this abstract thing. And and this this whole new age stuff. What I'm saying, don't associate me with that. These are biblical principles that other people try to grab onto because there's some success in it because it's actually the Bible disguised as new age. Y'all want to talk or we, we go talk today? But these principles are real and they work because it works because God created us as human beings like this. We have to see it on the inside before we see it on the outside. But we got to have faith to see it. So if God's going to give you a vision for your life, you have to see it first by the eyes of your heart. That's vision. But I want to get real practical with you here. I'm talking about every area. And once again, this is not just new age stuff. This is not just something you heard on a talk show because I know everybody's trying to jump on this bandwagon. This is already in the Bible long before anyone ever wrote a book. And this stuff is biblical principles. It's it's not just uh, something you do that's cute and whatever. But this is Reality. Let's just say this, you have to see it inside before you see it outside. Why? So your faith has a vision to grab onto. Let's just say with your health, if you're having health issues, you have to let God, by his spirit, you have to start seeing yourself healed before you ever become healed. Now, it's more than just seeing yourself, but that's where you start. You have to let God start giving you a vision of what you look like healthy before your faith can grab onto it and you start making progress to the healthy person you're called to be. If you're trying to lose weight, you have to see yourself. Let God give you a vision of what you look like at a healthy weight. You got to see it inside before you see it outside. Let's just say you're struggling with your mental health. Maybe you've never been happy. You've always been anxious. You've always been depressed. You have a problem there. Maybe you struggle with your mental health. I'm with you. I know what that feels like. But you have to start seeing yourself peaceful before you become peaceful. You have to start seeing yourself happy before you become happy. You have to start seeing yourself with a calm and well-balanced mind before you have a calm and well-balanced mind. You have to see it with eyes of faith first so your faith can hold on to that and bring it into existence. But I'm not just saying you just sitting in your room and trying to think of it yourself. I'm saying the Holy Spirit, not the universe, coming on the inside of you and doing what you can't do in your own strength. God giving you that vision, not you giving you that vision. And if you ask him, he will give you a vision for your physical health. He will give you a vision for your mental health. He will give you a vision for every part of your life so you can see it. And if you can see it, you can have it. Once again, Or Roberts said, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Not because of the universe, not because of manifesting, but because the God of the universe lives on the inside of you by the spirit of God. And he's the one that's going to do it in you if you allow him to let you see. See what he has for you. You got to see it financially. If you've always been broke, you got to see yourself financially stable. If you've always had debt, you got to see yourself out of debt. If you've always had a broke car and a broke house, you got to see yourself. But how do you get that image in you? You got to let God give you that image. Let God put that vision in you. Let let God let you see it, because He will. He will. If you let Him let you see it. About spiritually, maybe you're like, Man, I come to church, but my spiritual life is mediocre, average. Well, start seeing yourself hungry for God. Come on now. Start seeing yourself excited about worship. Start seeing yourself. Studying the word of God start seeing yourself giving and serving start seeing yourself being the person that God has called you to be completely sold out to him Most people in all the situations I listed A lot of times make the excuse. Well, this is just me This is just the way my life's got to be I got to be this way physically That's just, that's the way my genes are. That's the way my parents were. I got to be this way mentally. I've always struggled, so this is just the way it's got to be. I've always been this way financially. We've always been broke. I came from poverty. It's just going to be the way it is. I've always kind of been lukewarm spiritually. It's just kind of the way I am. I love God, but I'm never going to get past this. You know why you're talking like that? Because you can't see. Don't settle for that. Don't settle for that. Because God wants you to see a better version of you. God wants you to see the most healthy version of you. God wants you to see the vision he has for your life. And it's not being stuck in any area of your life. It's getting into God's perfect will in every area. Should I keep going? I feel like the first two rows are hyping me up and the last several rows are staring at me like, I don't know what you're saying today. I cannot, I cannot see it, Pastor. Well, guess what? That's why I'm preaching it. God, turn the lights on for him, please. I don't get it. I don't get what he's saying. <laughs> but you got to see it first hear me this morning you can't become what you do not see. Now now listen listen to me you can't become what you do not see. Now how many times have we heard this and maybe some of you guys have said this yourself. A certain person grows up in a certain part of the city could be inner city, could be rural. But maybe they grew up and they didn't have a lot. They didn't come from a lot. What do you always hear them say to make excuses why they are the way they are? I didn't see it. That's what they say. They'll say, well, I didn't get a college education because I didn't see it. I'm not financially well off because I never saw that. I don't have a good relationship because I never saw a good relationship. And you can't become what you do not see. Hear me today. But most people stop there and they say, that's the excuse. I'm stuck. I I didn't see it with my parents, so I'm just going to have to be this way. I never saw anybody physically healthy in my family, so I'm going to have to be this way. Everybody in my family had mental health issues, so I'm going to have to be this way. No one got educated in my family, so I'm going to have to be this way. No one had money in my family, so I'm going to have to be this way. We always had this and this and this. And they always say, I'm like this way because I didn't see it. And you can't become what you do not see. But hear me this morning. There's good news for us in here. Because the Holy Spirit can do something in you that you don't have to see with just these eyes. Hear me today. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your parents looked like. I don't care what your grandparents look like. I don't care if there's mental health issues in your family. I don't care if there's physical health issues in your family. I don't care if you came from poverty and debt. I don't care if you came from a place where no one got an education. I don't care what kind of place you came in. There was dysfunctional relationships in your family. You don't have to be that way even though you didn't see it because you have a higher place of seeing now by the Holy Spirit. So yes, I have compassion on people that say that, but for us as believers, we can't get away with that anymore because even if we didn't see it, the Holy Spirit can give us a vision that now we can see it. We can see a different life. We can see a different future. We can see a different purpose. We can see a different vision, even if everyone around us didn't choose to have that. That's vision. Now, now who gives that to you? God gives that to you by the Spirit. Now, hear me. I'm not making fun of people that say that. There is some truth to it. But no one's taught them that they can see with the eyes of faith. And God can give them a bigger vision. But most people are stuck. Why? Because you can't become what you don't see in any area. You got to see it. But don't get discouraged. If you, if you can't see it with these eyes, God can give you a vision in here and you can see it with this. In every area. God's going to do that in you. And he does that through you and in you by his spirit. You getting something this morning? I felt like, you know, during that part, some of you guys past the second row started to come alive. Come on, stay with me the rest of the time. It's just getting good. You got to see it. You can't become what you do not see. God wants to give you vision. Now, I want to go to Genesis 30. And this is, this is going to be a really funny sounding passage, but it's going to make a lot of sense. This is going to be a fun passage to share with your coworkers tomorrow. Genesis 30 and 31. We're going from 31 to 43. So, so listen to this. Very interesting story. Now, we're still talking about faith to see. And the first thing we said about vision is you got to see it. You got to see it inside before you see it outside. You can't become what you do not see with the eyes of faith. That's vision. Listen to this. So he said, What shall I give you? And Jacob said, and he's talking to his, his boss. And he said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flocks today, removing, I told you this is going to be funny, but there's a point to it. Removing from them all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and these shall be my wages. Great devotional passage, by the way. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come. And when the subjects of my wages come before you, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. And Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. Stay with me. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into the hands of his sons. Then he put three days journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Now, this is because Jacob was hearing from God. This is why he had this idea to do this. Now, listen to what it says. Now, Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees and peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flock conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face towards the streaked and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flocks. Almost done. And it came to pass, whenever the stronger livestock conceived, that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants and camels and donkeys. Everybody's like, huh. (laughs) Weirdest passage I've ever heard read at church. (laughs) now we're still talking about you got to see it because if you can't see it, you you won't become it vision listen to this passage in Genesis, it says that Jacob, who Jacob was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob there's Jacob, so Jacob was working for Laban which Laban was his father-in-law and if you know, it's a messed up story but he he tried to get with one daughter and then his dad tricked him and he said, okay, I got to work another seven years for the other daughter messed up, uh, Jerry Springer type stuff. (laughs) God did not approve of that part. But anyways, he used him despite his mess. So Jacob was working for Laban, which was his father-in-law. And he was watching his sheep and his goats. And God gave Jacob this idea. He said, I'm going to take the speckled and spotted sheep and the brown ones and put them over here so I know whose sheep is whose. And you're going to have the rest of the sheep. So so he did that first of all so he could see whose sheep is whose. So this is Laban's and this is Jacob's. But Jacob was a man who heard from God. And he had this idea so this is what he did when the sheep went to go have babies he made something in front of them out of the trees that looked speckled and spotted so every time they went to go drink and every time they went to have babies it says that he made that out of trees that they saw speckled and spotted and since they saw speckled and spotted they produced speckled and spotted And then it says he took it a step further. Then he got really sneaky. And it says if there was a weak sheep, he took it away. (laughs) But then there was a strong sheep or goat. He put it back in front of them so they could see it. And when they saw it, they produced speckled and spotted sheep. And then it said Jacob, because of that, became prosperous and exceedingly prosperous because all of the strong sheep belonged to Jacob. Funny passage, I realize that. But there's a moral to the story. The sheep and the goats became and produced what they saw. And since they were looking at speckled and spotted, they produced speckled and spotted. Good Lord, if the animal kingdom can do it, we can do it as human beings. (laughs) If a sheep and a goat can produce speckled and spotted just by looking at speckled and spotted stuff, how much more can you do it by the power of the Spirit when you see what God has in front of you? If sheep could do it, we can do it. Come on now, somebody. This is a divine idea that God gave Jacob, and it worked. Every time he put that in front of them, they produced speckled and spotted sheep. So that his sheep ended up being the stronger ones and they way outnumbered Laban's sheep. But it was because they saw speckled and spotted. They produced speckled and spotted. You can only become what you see. Next part, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. You got to write it. You got to see it and you got to write it. Habakkuk 2 Verse 1, it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Very famous passage in the church world from Habakkuk 2.2. But God tells Habakkuk, who was a prophet, to write the vision and make it plain. That they who read it may run with it. This is a vital part of vision. Yes, you have to see it but God says you need to write it. You need to put it in front of your eyes so you can see it. And there's a significance to this. Even in the world around us, they've done study and research. The Bible said it thousands of years ago, but they say that people that write their goals and visions down have 42% more likelihood that they will accomplish them just from writing it down. There's something that happens in your brain, in your body, in your heart when you write things down. And here, more importantly, if you really feel like God is speaking to you, why don't you write it down? You're showing him it's not that important to you when you don't write it down. So if God's going to give us a vision, yes, we have to see it, but once we see it, The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain, make it simple that you may run who reads it. So after you see it, you need to write it down. And I encourage all of you in here, you need to start writing down what God shares to you through vision. About your health, about your mind, about your future, about your relationships, about your spiritual life. Write it down. Write the vision and make it plain. Why? So you can go back and you can see it every day. The more you read it and you see it, you're reminding yourself. Why? Because you become what you see. You produce what you're looking at. And you see what God wants to do in your life. Now, now these have gotten really popular. And I haven't done one of these. All the girls in here probably have. But vision boards. Listen, I'm for that stuff because that's exactly what this is. And it works because people put things on a board that God has spoken to them. And they actually have pictures and writings so they can see it every day what God wants to do in their life. You got to keep it before you. That's why he says write the vision. Make it plain so you can run with it. And God knows something about human beings. We are very forgetful. <laughs> How many times has God spoken something to you in a service and you forget it by tomorrow? That's why you got to write it down. It's so important. So if we're going to accomplish God's vision for our life, we have to see it with our eyes of faith, but we have to write it, write the vision and make it plain so you can see it. But lastly, you got to work it. Brother Darrell, could you come play? You got to work it. Let's look back at Hebrews 2, not Hebrews, Habakkuk 2 in verse 2. Then the Lord answered and said, notice, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Notice it didn't say, write the vision, make it plain and sit on your bow honkus, and wait for God to do it in the sweet by and by. No, it says, write the vision. Once you see it, you gotta write it down, but you gotta run with it. And, and run with it, in my opinion, is you gotta work what God has put in you. You gotta do something about it. You, you gotta put forth some effort. Once you see it, once you write it, then you gotta work it. Now, now, once again, when I say work it, I'm not talking about you just in your own strength. I'm saying once you step out, God will give you the desire and power to do his will. But God is not against effort. He's just against earning. And many Christians are waiting around after they've seen what God wants to do in their life thinking it's just going to hit them one day. Guess what? It's not. Unless you do something. You can see it all day. You can write it down. But unless you put some work in and are obedient to what God has told you to do, there will be no fulfillment of that vision in your life. Once again, I'm not saying in your own strength, and your own effort, but I'm saying once you start out, God will give you the ability to do it. And we as faith people, we need to stop separating believing God for actually putting our faith into action. It's not either or, it's both and. If we say we believe in God, we'll get to work. If we say we believe in God, we'll get running. If we say we believe God, we'll be obedient. We're not just going to stand back and say, God, we believe you. No, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. Many people are blaming God for not doing something, but they're the ones not doing it. Hear me, church family. And I've heard this so many times in church circles like us. And this is their mentality about revival. Revival. One day, one day God's just gonna bring everybody to church and it's just gonna be a revival. One day, one day we're just gonna have an influx of people and thousands of people are gonna get saved. One day the precious fruit of the earth is gonna to come to a church like us. One day we're gonna be a region-changing church. One day God's gonna do something. God's gonna do something. God's gonna do something. No, he's not if you're not. And you can be believing that junk the rest of your life, shouting amen, taking laps and being the same next week. Week after week after week after week after week after week after week. week, And live and die in your church, die too. But not for this house. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. You know what God's waiting on? Uh, Us to stop saying we're faith people and start inviting people to church. Us to stop saying we're faith people and start praying for some people and our co-workers. Us to stop waiting on God and us to start inviting somebody, telling somebody about Jesus. Us to start laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. God is waiting on us to pray deliverance over a co-worker and see them delivered from demonic oppression. God's waiting for us to speak up to the person who needs help. He's not just going to do it. He's going to do it through us. Yeah, we believe God, but we believe God with our actions, not just our believing. Too much for you today? Are you okay? So you got to see it, but you got to write it, but you got to work it. I I heard Pastor Michael Todd say this recently, and it's so true. He said, most people want a prophetic word, but don't want prophetic work. And that's what vision is. God gives you a prophetic word that you can see things, but they don't want to give it the work that it takes to see it come to pass. we got to put that work in. That they that read it may run with it. Work with it. Put forth some effort into it. Put some action to what they saw and what they wrote down. And then God will... Help it and make it come to pass and give you the power and desire to do it. Yes, believing him, but believing him also and putting forth some actions, some steps of faith. Are you here today? Let me read James 2:17 and the amplified. So to faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is by itself dead inoperative and ineffective. Notice that. So faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is itself dead. That's where most believers are. God, I believe you, but what are you doing? Nothing. That's where you're getting no results. Faith and our actions to see God's vision come to pass in our life. And I have one more verse, but I want to say a few things about a few people I had on my heart this week that I feel like have been walking this out. And I, I think God is proud of them. And I think that we need to acknowledge them as a church because they've done what I've said here. Even before they heard this message, because this is the first time I've ever preached it. They saw it. They wrote it down. And they started working it. And I've seen God move in their life so far. And they're still young. and God has more for them. The first person is, I want to say about AMZ. You know, AMZ, he didn't grow up in an environment that had a vision about having a business and financial finances and all these different things. But you know what? He got a vision in his heart from God about not just worship leading, but six-day paint company. And he started seeing it. He started seeing himself and his family and his boys, and he started seeing what God wanted to do in his life. And he saw that paint company, and he saw it, and he saw it, and I bet he wrote it down. But you know what he he did? He put in a lot of work. And when you started working, guess what? God started working, didn't he? And now, three or four years later, his business is thriving and prospering. And many people look at Amsie and say, well, God, I wish you'd give me a business like Amsey. Do the work. Get a vision. Write it down. Do the work. Because he didn't just wait for God to do it. He said, oh, God, I'm going to put forth my effort. And when I put forth my effort, then God will meet me. Because faith without works is dead. He's running with his vision. And he's only 34. And God's just starting to prosper his business. But what did he do? He, he saw it. Then he wrote it down. Then he worked it. Now, I know you're only 34 and you're just getting started, but God's proud of you. In our church family, we're proud of you. And they're just getting started on where God is going to take them in the future. Not just with worship leading, but with your family and with being a distributor of finances in the body of Christ. I believe that. Does anybody else believe that in here? But, you know, I had somebody else on my heart the past few days, and, and I've seen this young lady do this as well. And I want to give her a shout out. But Brianna Burns. I don't know why I feel emotional about this. But. I know you probably haven't got a lot of support from your family and maybe the environment you grew up in, because she didn't. And most of you in here have gotten way more support probably in your life compared to Brianna. She started coming when she was a teenager. She got prayed for at a summer camp, got delivered, and she's never left. And she doesn't have family support. And she doesn't have other people supporting her and encouraging her all the time to come to church and to be involved, but she has. But let me let me say something about Brianna today, because she's one of the, one of these people that did that. She started seeing some things that was beyond the way she grew up, beyond the environment around her. She let God give her a vision, and I saw her write those things down, and I saw her put in some work to where she's at today, and she's just getting started. But but, but let me acknowledge this, because we need to. I, w- I was thinking about you, and I was thinking, you know what? You didn't, you didn't see those things, but I know God put those things in your heart to do that. And she pursued a degree, and you got a master's in psychology, right? Hello, church family. She's got a master's in psychology. And I know that took you a while to do that. And lots of hours and lots of summer classes and lots of times where you couldn't hang out with everybody else because you had another class and another class and another paper. And she wasn't getting support from everybody around her. But guess what? She saw it because God put that in her to pursue that. And she wrote it and she put that work in. And now she has a master's in psychology and you're counseling people and you're a psychologist. Right now. Right now but she had no support and she didn't have those things around her for her to even see it but God put that in her but it wasn't just enough that God put that in her for her to see it she had to put in that work and she has come on can we acknowledge Brianna today and I just want to say God is really proud of you Even if you haven't heard that from other people, whether that's family or friends and your church family, aren't we really proud of you for the decisions you made to stay in church and to pursue your vision that God's given you to get your master's in psychology. And I know you did it because you want to help other people and help counsel them and help them. And you haven't seen anything yet, though. I believe financially you haven't seen anything yet. Relationally, you haven't seen anything yet. And with the doors that God's going to open for you in that that field, you're going to be able to reach so many more people than you ever thought. And God's going to do it in your life because you put in that work. And you've listened to God so far, and I know you're going to listen to him in the future. And God's really proud of you, and I'm really proud of you. And I don't know why I'm so emotional today, but our church family's really proud of you. And I felt like God wanted to say that to you today. Come on, can we give it up for her so I don't cry some more? Isn't God good? So you got to see it. You got to ride it, but you got to work it. You got to run with it. You got to put forth some effort. And when you do, God will meet you. Last verse, and we're going to close here. Did you get anything this morning? Proverbs 16, 3 in the Amplified. Notice what it says. Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to him. And your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and his guidance. But notice he said, commit your works, commit your actions to doing what the Lord's told you to do. And then those plans that God's put in your heart, those visions that God has put in your heart, they will succeed if you respond to his will and his guidance. Did you get anything this morning? I appreciate you coming. I believe you're gonna have faith to see. Let's stand up today. Could you lift your hands today? Father, we thank you today for this service. We thank you. I pray over every person in here, every person in here, that you would give them eyes to see what you have for them. I pray, Father, that prayer in Ephesians, that the eyes of our heart will be flooded with light, that we would know the hope of our calling, that we would know what we're called to, that, God, that you would give us a picture and a vision of what our future should look like. I speak supernatural vision into every person in here from the front to the back that we would be able to see all that you have for us in every area, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, relationally, in every part of our lives, that, God, that we could see it by eyes of faith that our faith would have something to hold on to and target from this day forward. I pray anyone that's been discouraged in here, anyone that's felt like they've been left out, anybody that's felt like they've been delusioned, I command those discouragements to go, those disappointments to go, and I pray for a new vision to come and flood their life. That, Father, that you would open the eyes of their heart. That they would see all that you have for them in a new way. And I know you're going to do it by the Holy Spirit in us. Pray that this church would stay full of vision all the days of its life. Every individual in here reaching their highest potential in you. Fulfilling your perfect will for us. And the plan that you have for us. And I believe it today. Anybody believe it this morning? Anybody believe it this morning? I believe, God, you're giving people visions, visions in dreams, eyes to see what you have for us, eyes to see what you have for us. And I know only you can do it by your spirit, but you will do it. You will do it. Start letting us see a picture of what you have for our lives in every area. No one's left out this morning. Don't couch yourself out this morning. This is everyone in here. God wants to do this in your life. It's going to look different for each of us, but God has a vision and plan for your life, not just certain people, all of us. And he cares about every part of you. Know that this morning. Know that this morning. He cares about every part of your life, and he has a vision for you to see what it could be in him. And I thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Can we thank him for a few seconds here? Father, we thank you for helping us. We thank you for showing us things to come. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for helping us to see with eyes of faith what the future can look like. Beyond the natural, beyond what we've been through, beyond our background, beyond where we grew up, but we could see it. The way you see it. Give us new visions. Give us new dreams. So that our faith can hold on to them. And we can see it come to pass in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You have anything, Dad? Yeah. I do. yeah.
1: Now you've just heard a big secret to your life today, so don't think it's just another sermon. But begin to embrace it, begin to operate in it. For many don't even know what they're called to do yet. But God says, I have a plan for everybody here a plan of fullness, fullness of the Spirit in your life, fullness of the leadership of the Holy Ghost in your life, making good decisions, making better decisions, letting me lead you and guide you into all that I have for you. Because I have declared in Ephesians that I have sent the fivefold ministry. To train you and teach you and bring you up into the fullness of the anointing and the anointed one. So think not you're not important. That's not true. You're very important. Everyone here is important to me, saith the Lord. For you're a part of my body. And I honor all the parts of my body that will honor me and seek me. And believe to see things that I want to do in their life. So hold on to that. No, none of you are what i fully want everybody to be yet but you're working on it and just be open to it i can change your life i can change your destiny i can fulfill things maybe you haven't even thought of yet if you'll just begin to pray ephesians 1 be sincere listen for my voice get filled with the spirit if you're not and begin to pray in tongues and spend some quality time praying in the spirit and then getting, getting quiet and write down what I tell you. And if I don't speak to you at that very moment, don't be discouraged. Just come back and pray again. And I'll speak to you. I'll speak to you personally. I'll speak to you specifically. I'll speak to you individually and you write it down and just see if I can bring it to pass saith the Lord, for I have a plan for every person who's here for your protection, for your longevity for your fullness, your joy, your strength, your peace. You've heard a key to life today that can make your life totally different, and it can be everything that not only you think it would be or should be, but what I want it to be, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want, you want to say anything? Just dismiss people. Father, we just thank you tonight, today. We've just heard such a great message. We've just heard such a great message hallelujah you know i have in my bible right there a piece of paper that's got all the prophecies i've been given by people i trust and that's what i live on and then as i read my bible you know i write other things down i may know what i'm saying you know i'm not saying that to brag it just means more responsibility to me but that's why i'm doing what i'm doing with my life right now Cause the things that have been spoken by the Spirit to me that bore witness to me, even though I wasn't walking in it then. But I kept going back to those prophecies. You don't have to have a prophecy, that kind of prophecy be fulfilled. The Bible's a prophecy. It's the sure word of prophecy, the Bible itself. So if you don't get a personal prophecy, don't be dejected or nothing. you got the whole Bible. And God can lead you to the right passage in the right place. And, say what it needs to say to you for that situation. And I've been living that way for 50 years. Of course, I didn't know what I knew 50 years ago. But I've grown with God and been respectful to Him and continued to listen to His voice. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to encourage all of you. It wasn't just a regular message today. It never is with Jordan. I appreciate that about him. But uh, I just think God wanted to speak to us all about the potential all of us have. I grew up in a little town. I became a drug addict, a drug dealer. I didn't care what anybody thought about it at that point in my life. I could care less what anybody thought. And uh, that wasn't good of me to do that, but that's the way I've become as a drug addict. But I never thought I'd ever leave Fairborn, Ohio. And then when I got called to ministry, I thought, God, you surely you've made a mistake. I can't even talk hardly, you know, burn my brain out with drugs and all that. And yet he kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me. And one night I gave myself to prayer after I got saved. I was married to Diana then, and I prayed for four hours in English. I wasn't spirit filled, so I couldn't pray in tongues. And God answered me out of his word. I said, I gotta know if you're really sinner me or this is my imagination. And it's in Romans, you know, it says, if they're be sent, they're sent by me, Romans 10. I read that at two o'clock in the morning, started shouting through the house. Diana woke up. What's the matter? I said, we're going into ministry. We are. I said, yeah, don't pack right now, but go back to sleep. (laughs) See, that was a prophetic word for me from him. Just one little phrase in Romans 10. Because, you know, I was real ignorant back then. You know, you just got to realize when you come to Christ, you're ignorant about anything spiritual. But if you'll stay with him and let him speak to you and then make changes as he speaks to you, He'll grow us up. I'm not fully grown yet, but I'm I'm reaching for God's best. Are you listening to me? He's got your finances planned, and if you're single, he's got. If you want a mate, maybe you don't want one, but if you want a mate, you could pray and believe for the right person to come along, and really have a sweet marriage, a sweet home. You want to have kids? Have kids. Get married first. That might be preferable, but nonetheless, if you have kids, raise them for God. And don't settle for somebody that's halfway baked. They don't believe like you in the church. I'm just talking. I'm very proud of Morgan. She's a church girl. Her parents and me, we raised her in this church. Isn't that right? Where you at nurse Debbie? And so I'm just really thankful for all of you. And I'm just thankful God spoke to us today. I mean, I'm listening and I'm thinking in my head, how God has spoke to me over these many years, you know, and it certainly wasn't that I didn't like you, so I wanted to escape and go to some other church and preach. Get that out of your head. I don't know who told you that. It wasn't, wasn't God. But I had to obey God or else, he said. So, you know, he's not threatening me, but he's telling me, if I don't do that, I'm in disobedience. And you know what happens when people are in disobedience? An evil spirit is sent to you from the devil. And you're, you're open for it when you're in rebellion. I wasn't going to preach that. I'm just talking about me. So I'm just following the Lord. I'm not trying to get away from anybody. I'm not trying to go to somebody unless he sends me. And I don't always take all the meetings I'm invited to. Sometimes he tells me why, sometimes he doesn't. And I don't always tell the pastor everything too that I'm thinking. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this message today that Jordan has so well taught us. And we thank you. We're reaching for your best in our future right now. We just lift one hand and say, Father, I'm reaching. I'm changing. To be everything you want me to be. And I know I won't become that by next Thursday, but I'll start and I'll keep moving with you until your plan is complete in my life. Help me to see, help me to see what Jordan just taught me, Pastor Jordan. Yes, Father. We pray to see it clearly. Now, I dismiss them. In the name of Jesus, the angels of God go with you to keep you safe today. Have a great day. God bless.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.